Hey, welcome into Unanchored Boston, the podcast. Bob Lobel, Mike Lynch. I'm Hank Morse. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can go to our website, unanchoredboston.com. And as always, we're brought to you by our best foods and our best burgers this week. The burgers yeah. are back, boys. Yeah, burgers are back. And of course, Cold Springs RV. And where? That's right. Where, New Hampshire. W-E-A-R-E. Where, New Hampshire. Get behind your head, Hank. I'm uh, unanchored. That's a microphone, in case anybody's wondering. Yep. Yeah. How's microphone. It, right there. How does it feel to be unanchored? You know what? I've been adrift for a while, and I kind of got used to it, and I kind of like it. Yeah. There's an independence that I've gotten used to. How did you get that behind your head? You're just a friggin' genius. Grown fond of. Oh, it wasn't easy. Yeah, yeah see, UTV, UTV guys are good like that. I'm a radio guy. Like, it's the opposite. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, yeah. I, I can't even. That's that's how it is when you when you try to do the weather. Yeah. You know, <laughs> always point to. I was well, I was said it was going to be really uh, uh, stormy in Maine. I filled in one night for Dick Albert, and uh, I was touching the state of Oregon and the state of Washington. I was yeah, three thousand. We had a woman that was so. A lot of times they they if they're pregnant, they'll carry they'll do the weather and obviously they're pregnant. Sometimes they cover up the whole southeastern United States. <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing. It is. I'm glad, I'm glad you never said that on TV. Well, no, I think I did. I might think I might have, but I meant it with love. It just wasn't a wasn't a matter of talking. I should, you know. It was a wonderful thing. She could share that with her unborn baby, the whole geographical United States. But having. If I was a weather guy, you know, I could cover up the continental U.S. Who knows? I mean, weather people were strange anyway, honestly. I mean, Schwegler was as strange as it gets. A great guy, speed skater from Wisconsin. I told you the story about he had a convertible. And he left his top down, and it rained. That's nice. And you didn't tell him about it, right? Huh? You probably didn't tell him about it. Are you kidding? Of course I tell him. I told him about it every day. (laughs) They they are the most sought-after people in a television and radio station because everybody's got something going on. They've either got an outdoor birthday party. They've got a golf game. They've got a kid's t-ball or soccer game they're going to. We, What's it going to be? Yeah, you know, in Andover. Like we weren't important. Get you know, we just have to get over. We were not that important. Well, I'll tell you, Dick Albert and, and Harvey Leonard spent more time in the sports office than anybody on the entire staff. More than Chet, Natalie, Janet Wu, Jorge, Jack Hopper, producers, writers. They were always in there, and 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 and, and they were just fanatical sports fans both Dickie and in Harvey. And they were just constantly coming in and just saying, why did he take him out? He should have left him in. He'd only thrown 84 pitches. What is he doing? He's out of his frigging mind. And I would say, what's the weather going to be at 1226 Friday afternoon in Andover when I was going to play golf? He says, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. But just, but what, what, why is he taking this guy out of the game? And I could never get an answer on what it's going to be. And one day, and, and, in all the years I was there, the 40 years I was there, the weather office, I told us a thousand times, I think, move to different parts of the building. Every time there'd be a construction project or they move right. them, this and that. 
all the weather officers, let, let's say there were eight of them in 40 years. Not one of them had a window. I, look well, how important was that? I mean, you're Unbelievable. Right. Look out the window, Bruce. Yeah. So I came in one day. I was at uh, doing some interview really late in Foxborough or something, and it just started pouring. And you got to run about 100 yards from the parking lot to the <laughs> back door. And I come in, and, and it's about five past six, and Dickie's walking down the hallway, and he says, what happened to you? I says, like, well, it's soaked. He goes, it's raining out? <laughs> well, ladies, what's, how close, what's the closest you've ever been to missing a sportscast? I've come in the, I've come in the break a number of times. Uh, between weather and sports. I had a 10-second moment. 10-second yep. moment. Yep, 10 seconds. Driving down the Southeast Express. And that's why they paid Alan Miller so much money? Is that true? 10-second <laughs> moment. Handed me the IFB, the thing you put in your ear. Yeah. You know. And on the way in, IFB, hand the script, walk right in. It was one of those, that's how close it was. I just never want to be in that position again. Because you know, no, I actually, they wouldn't I, understand. The news director would not understand if you were late. I guess no. the question begs: Is where were you prior? I was down the side. Wait, 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 wait. What is the question you're asking on Mister Anchor well, Boston? Were you in the men's room? Were you editing tape? Were I you was playing out of tennis? When I was driving back from over the at Harvard. Why? why I, I'm at a word. I'm at a loss for words. Uh, Mister Boston. Just huh? curious. Curious? I figured Lynchy was probably at the library studying for his master's at Harvard <laughs> when it happened to him. You he know, was it's a little bit of a probably preparing for a hernia operation. You just had one, <laughs> didn't you, Mike? I did. We'll talk about that later. Why? Well, what do you want to talk about it now for? Well, because of now we brought it up. Why don't we just get it over with you? Well, you just okay. had surgery, right? You had I did. On surgery. Fr Friday, April 15th, which was opening day. And Good I get more questions. I get I more questions from when the nurses figure out who I was. They look at me and they go, wait a minute, it's opening day. What are you doing here? Like, you know, cabinet surgery. And I said, well, I booked it in January and opening day was supposed to be March 31st. And then when the lockout happened and the lockout finally got resolved, it was like a month ago and it was either do it then or wait uh, till the middle of the spring or summer. Was it successful? We think so. We haven't, I haven't swung a golf club or lifted anything yet. I'm going to milk that one for a long time. No the amazing limit. thing, it's day surgery, right? How did it happen? How does it happen? Yeah, I mean, you have a stomach, stomach no, muscle. You clearly did not get it from lifting anything. So how oh, no, it I don't know how I got it. I don't, you I don't were always carrying it. the sports department at Channel 5. That's the way I figured. <laughs> Pretty good. Everybody, of course, all, all my friends, how could you possibly have a hernia? You never lifted anything heavy in your life. You never you did go. any heavy lifting. You were, you know, you always took the shortcut. You That's were the lazy guy. You lifted that script. Yeah, so <laughs> the heaviest thing you ever carried. <laughs> was it really cold in the room too? No, because they gave me. Um, they got that stupid Johnny, and I always the last three surgeries I've had have involved my midsection. Johnny, I got a Mikey. So I get to. Uh, I had my my uh, New Balance running shorts on, and they said, "No, you got to take those off." So they gave me long pajama oh bottoms. Don't tell me this was. A, why, why are you saying that? What kind of a show is this? What am I saying? What? Taking your running shorts off. Because when 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 you have like a couple other procedures, like you know a hip replacement, you got to take your shorts off because they got to get at your hip. But this one, I just they I had like a robe on. I had that stupid Johnny that you know 
exposes your backside. And I didn't want to be that guy. So the, the nurse, uh, uh, Colby from Marshfield, she gave me these, uh, you know, tie pajama pants. And I wore them, they wheeled me right into the operating room. And um, I just slid, right. I slid, slid right under the table. Wait a minute, just a minute. Colby from Marshfield. <laughs> I got it right here. <laughs> Three of the four By nurses the way, were from Marshfield. What a coincidence. They probably took those off when you weren't looking. No, surgery, I would... no, because when I when I, when it was over, I still had them on. Yeah, they they pulled them back them. up. They might have dropped them down a little bit. I don't know. All right, the point is, are you better now? Do you feel better? Are you healthy? Are you ready to make the the run for summer? Yes, I think. Well, it, it's it's more it's it's less unattractive. My stomach with when I wear a t shirt over it, it would just look like. Somebody was trying to get, get like I had an Audi. Yeah. That's what that's what did it for me. One of my golf buddies says, "Do you have an Audi belly button?" I said, "No, I got a hernia." He said, "That looks disgusting. Get it fixed." Yeah. Why so would they see? Why would they see that? How how's it possible when your golf buddies could tell you had an Audi? Because you know your shirt, it, 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 it's hot. Your shirt's pressed against your stomach. Wow, this is. I might just have an enormous hernia. Way that could be top. way over the top. You know, uh, what, was her, what was her name again? Brittany. No, Colby from Maine. Colby. Colby. From I said, North as in the college. And she said, yeah, and as in the farm up in Newbury. Can I ask you something? We had a pretty busy weekend. Yeah, right? can we talk about something that people care about? Because I can't yeah, believe it. Yeah, yeah, well, you just, yeah, definitely. Okay. I'm trying to switch the subject. I'm trying to change it to, of all the things this weekend, between opening day and Movon and, and uh, blah, 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 and the Red Sox and, uh, the marathon. What is the one thing that stands out uh, over the weekend? The one thing that stands out between Jordan Spieth winning on sudden death, blah, 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 just on and on and on. I, I, I'm going to go with the the image that, that moved me more than anything else was Martin Richards' older brother, Henry Richard, coming across the finish line of the marathon. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's the one that stood out for me. Um, he's 20 years old now. And as he was running down to the finish line, he veered off course. He went over to the fence where the memorial is, where his little brother Martin lost his life. And he just paused. He just leaned on the railing for one of those private moments. God, that's so, such and, and, a bad day. And then, and then just continued running across the finish line into the arms of his mom, his dad, and his sister, who was also injured that day as well. And just, I, I can't, I just, there are no words. So there awful, are no words. Awful day. I guess, I mean, it's, I can't. Well, what do you think, Hank? I agree. Uh, I watched it. I mean, I was very aware that, um, you know, I think about it. It was the ninth anniversary, right? The marathon doesn't go by, and it's always top of mind, right? And when I saw the finish there, like, oh, my goodness. I mean, um, you wish there was something more that you could do to help alleviate some of that pain, right? And you just have to say a prayer for that family. I know his sister lost her leg. I had forgotten about that, and they brought that up as they were embracing, you know, and, yep. uh, the winners and the losers don't matter. 
I mean, they do, but in the big picture, they don't. That's what's so great about the Boston Marathon, too, is that all the philanthropy and all the charity that goes on with that race, you know, sometimes it takes a back seat, but that's probably the most important thing that that race does. Without question. You know, we talked, touched a little bit on this last week, Hank, but I, I can't put a specific year on when the two ships passed. Now, for years, all we did was talk about the elite runners for weeks leading up to the marathon. Throughout the entire marathon, you could name who the top 10 people are. And that's how we talk. We talked about PRs, personal records, split times, who's leading at the, you know, at the halfway point, who's leading at this checkpoint and that checkpoint. We actually cared who was winning the race. I know the three of us right here could not name who won the men's, women's, or wheelchair divisions, unless I'm totally wrong. Is that correct? Well, I Evan, know. I know. Evan, I do. Chibet. Chibet, because because that name Paris, is up uh, Chip, 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 something like Chibet. But, you know, somewhere along the line, and, and I, I was looking at, I was Googling some old things, and I saw a lot of, uh, like, you know, Bob with you, with Uda, you with, uh, the you know, your your Channel 4 crew, and me with Chet and Natalie, and uh, and uh, uh, Joan Benoit Samuelson, and Bill Rogers, and Marty LaCorey, and talking this side and that guy, breaking down everything. And somewhere along the line, I don't know, 10 years ago, whatever, maybe 15 years ago, what Hank just talked about, the philanthropy. The people running for right. um, a certain cause, um, Teddy Bruschi's crew that runs every year, Joe Andrews's crew that runs every year. Like a hats off to my uh, my son-in-law's two sisters, Alexis and Olivia Antonelli. Uh, they ran for the Last Call Foundation, wow. um, and you know, and, and and you know, all my nieces and nephews, um, um, not, um, my grandkids, I should say, all went out to sit on the sidewalk in Wellesley and just watch them come by. They didn't go to watch. The world, someone break a world record. If someone broke a world record, I, we, nobody would care. That one moment to see 30,000 different races. Yeah. 30,000 different races. Yep. And did 30,000 different stories. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Hazlitt finishing the Boston Marathon. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that you guys actually, I when I asked that question, I thought hands down you would have said Kyrie Irving. And no. Well, uh, we, we're going to talk about that. But I know we are. But I was going to say, of the one thing that happened all weekend, and, you know, it was a weekend of celebration, a weekend of of marathon opening days, a weekend of the playoffs and everything. And then you have Kyrie Irving gaining the headlines, gaining the headlines. And I I actually thought you guys would have said Kyrie Irving was the one. No, you did. You had a, you had absolutely the right answer, the correct answer. Uh, but the I think the real answer, the one thing that everybody ended up talking about because what you experienced, both of you guys, was private. These were private feelings. What Kyrie Irving did brought out all those public feelings uh, that you could really comment on. But what you had was a very private and very important take on what happened this weekend. Very it important. Just, it just it, it took my breath. You know, it took my breath away. And there was a, there's a, there's a few things. Every once in a while, there's some things on TV that you see, you know, that get, get you a little misty eyed. And that was one of them. And it was one of those, the old saying, if that didn't get you a little choked up, you know, you need your oil changed. Um, it, Plus, it, the strength it, and grace of that family is amazing. And now they're working on that 75,000 square foot uh, Martin Richard Community Center over in Dorchester. I think they had to raise $20 million by this fall to get it going. And they're on track to do it. 
Um, check out the Martin Richard Foundation, the MR8 Foundation. Uh, remarkable, remarkable people. As Only he was a remarkable young man. Such a dichotomy of events as the marathon and Kyrie Irving. In, in one weekend. And only, right. seriously, this is... You know what it is? It's, we it's, are the center of the universe when it comes to this kind of emotion. It's non-civvy. Non-civvy is not for oneself. That's the Boston Marathon. Not for oneself. Down on Causeway Street, it was all about self. And Kyrie Irving. I mean, this guy is a punk. Now, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. He was just fine... $50,000 for the NBA for um, hitting the shot. And mom, I'm sorry. Um, he gave the middle finger as he ran up the yep. court. And then at the, almost in the same spot when he was inbounding the ball, he put his hands behind his head and gave two middle fingers to all the people. Then he gave the crying thing. Oh, I'm really crying. I'm really crying. And so they, they fined him 50000 for obscene gestures and uh, profane language to the crowd. And you know what? He deserves everything he gets from the crowd and he deserves it every time he touches the ball because when he last May 30th, yeah, but you know, game, I know you don't want, I know you don't want to incite anything. So you can't really go and say that he deserves everything he gets. Well, because let, me put, let me put it this way. Nothing. Okay. I, I want nothing. I want the fans to use nothing stronger than their vocal cords. How's that? That's fair. That, you know, that's fair because, yeah, I mean that jerk that threw the water bottle at him the last time. Uh, that that no, don't want any of that. Don't want no. any projectiles. Don't want any. Just if you want to, just boom, 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 because that that happens, and he deserved it. I mean, when he wiped his foot on the leprechaun, he's wiping his foot on the face of Red Auerbach, Bill Russell, Sam Jones, Satch Sanders, Dave Cowens, John Havlicek, Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, Spider, the guy that cleaned the floor. Every trainer, every fan, everybody who invested their emotions in the Celtics over the years, every person that's ever watched the Celtics game, Johnny Most, everybody, that's what he did. He wiped his feet like we were doormats. Is he as villainous as, say, uh, Bill Lambeer was when he was with Detroit and Isaiah Thomas? I mean, maybe there's much more of a history there with the Celtics in Detroit at the time, but this guy is a villain. He's really well, bad. The time he came in with that little incense thing and he was going around the sage sagebrush. Yeah, what was it called? Sagebrush? I think it's I think it's sagebrush. Saging. Yeah. Sage like smoke. I mean, I I think, you know, there's nothing like playoffs in a villain. But, you know, you, Ulf, Ulf Samuelson's a great example. Um when he took out Cam Neely, remember? And every time and Cam was never the same after after Ulf Ulf took him out. Um you know, the Canadians always had – Chris Nyland was always, uh, you know, public enemy number one. Yeah. Um, there have been some good ones over the years, but I, I think this guy is the is the all-timer. And the only thing that's missing from this is Johnny Most. This would have been spectacular. Johnny Most was alive. Because remember Rulin and, and, and Mahorn, McFilthy yeah. and McNasty? <laughs> yes. <laughs> McFilthy and McNasty, they don't have the guts. They don't have the guts to come out and confront him. What am I looking at? And you've done that You've done that before. That's good. <laughs> well, they used to have a contest every year. Johnny Most sounded like contest. I always wanted to enter it. Uh, but they, uh, this guy is is up there. I mean. You know, it's one thing to say the fans of Boston, are, you know, we're going to shut them up when we come in there. We're going to, like, you know, silence the crowd. But this is 
you know, given the middle finger twice. Here's the thing then- about the guy. The thing that's most fascinating about him is how his brain can separate. I mean, he was spectacular in that game, especially in the fourth quarter. Had 39 points. I mean, his play was outstanding. Now he did miss that big play right at the end when he let Tatum spin off of him. So turned that was back, turned, turned his back on Tatum. Tatum went right around him. Boom, ball game. That's yep. it. All, all those 18 points undone by one lazy defensive moment. And you know, defense does win. I think the defense won the game for the for the Celtics uh, on, on on game number one. And defense lost it by Kyrie Irving of all people. Justice is served when he gets beat by Jason Tatum uh, going to the basket. And what a great play by Marcus Smart, who got two guys in the air. And instead of taking the shot, he saw a guy with a better shot, which you don't see a lot in, in, in pro basketball these days. Which I, I, do, I do. Oops, hold on a second. Sorry. Sorry. You don't, you don't have to go to the bathroom. Is that to remind you to go to the bathroom or something? No, you have to go. It's okay. All right, so who, who uh, can I just can I just interject one thing? It, watching that game, it made me think. December, January, we're thinking like, oh, Brad Stevens, yeah, Ime Udoka. How did they get? I mean, this guy really might be a genius. To think where they were in January, we're thinking, well, in the future, can we really have? Can we win with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart? You know, where does he fit? Do we trade him? Now he's the defense defensive player in the year. The first guard in the NBA to win it in 26 years. I mean, it's like a well-tuned orchestra all of a sudden in three months. Yeah. Well, they had the, 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 the best finish ever, 28-7 and seven of a team that was under 500 at one point. Yeah, I just, it'll be interesting to see how this series plays out. I mean, yeah. really interesting. Um, it's like... People are actually zeroed in on the NBA right now, watching the Celtics and, and the Nets. This has been a resurgence of of interest. I bet you watch more NBA uh, game time minutes with the Nets game than you did all season long. It might have cumulatively, it might have added up to the whole season. I probably watched the last five minutes most games. So, so it's always the villain versus the hero. Always, isn't that what? Isn't that what they want? I mean, it cost the kid fifty grand, but what does he care about the fifty grand? I mean, you I just know. have. I, I ask you this: What would you do? How would you prepare to face a crowd of eighteen thousand people who hated you? I mean, just not just disliked you, but hated you. I mean, how? I know you set it up yourself. Would you ever admit that you set it up yourself? Would you ever admit that that part of the way the fans reacted was because of the way you reacted? Is that will that ever be possible? I don't see that no. happening. I don't see any remorse on his part or any acceptance of the responsibility for the way the people react. He wouldn't answer the question afterwards. So, so some reporter kept trying to, you know, get him to say, you know, why'd you do it? Uh, do you regret doing it? And he just said, I just want to talk about basketball. I just want to talk about basketball. If you have a basketball question, ask me a basketball question. And I, I think it was a fair question, and I think it's uh, I think he's fair game. Let me ask you this, both you guys. Is he capable of doing it again? Capable of giving somebody the finger again? And yes. Like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if he wants to spend 50 grand doing it, but. 
For a guy who makes $40 million a year, if he did it for seven games for $350,000, that's the type of guy who looks and goes, yeah, it was worth every penny. <laughs> Stick it to the fans, right? I mean, do you remember, the great, Con- do you remember the great Connie Hawkins, great basketball player? Yeah. So he was driving through the state of Tennessee one time, and he was going like 100 miles an hour. And a state trooper pulled him over. He says, where are you going? He says, well, I'm on my way to Oklahoma. I said, I got to go uh, go see somebody, trial for a team. He says, well, you, you know how fast you were going? He said, no. He said, you're going 100 miles an hour. He says, well, what's the fine? He says, 100 bucks. So Connie Hawkins peeled off 100. And he said, here's another 100 because I'm coming back this way tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud to admit this, but there was one time I lived in a particular neighborhood, not in Medford, where you could not park on the street overnight. Like in Medford, I can park in front of my house, not in the driveway. So in this particular town, not far from Medford and not Malden, you can't park overnight on the street. So I left my car out there. I would park in front of the house. What town is it? Melrose. Somerville. Somerville. No, it was Melrose and uh, a lot of nice people up there. But I had this one particular neighbor and he knew that you couldn't park overnight. So every time I if I came home and I parked out there and then I fell asleep watching TV or whatever, I'd leave it there. He would call the police and I'd get a ticket. Finally, after three nights in a row, (laughs) the police called and said, listen, this guy calls us all the time and we come out. We have to give you a ticket. Can you just put the car in the driveway? I said, you know what? It's worth every ticket. That ended, though, when I did it multiple times. I did not care. I took the ticket. When it got to $1,000 in tickets and I couldn't renew the registration on my car, I paid the 1000 bucks, and it was worth every penny to annoy that guy. My wife wasn't happy with me because 1000 bucks is 1000 bucks. All right. So um, <laughs> what, what would constitute a suspension of Kyrie Irving in this series. Impossible. Unless he actually hit a referee. Is it a collective bargaining thing? No. I mean, I if, you, hit a, if he hit a referee, I think that would do it, right? What if he hit a fan? Maybe. Yeah. I think that's possible. You know, it, it's the only sport where there, there isn't a barrier separating the fans and the, the, the field of play. Um, did you notice how in that game, the one thing that the piece of news that they missed was the fact that Kraft and, well, the two owners of the two, the two owners that owned the local teams, the Patriots and the Celtics, the two local owners were sitting side by side behind the Celtic bench. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, right next to the bench, on the, right, right on the next floor. To the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Seats where Bob Ryan and the writers used to sit. Yeah, I'm just. I did. I did notice that a couple of times. You would have to say that uh, Kyrie was our last big meatball of the year because now oh. we're transitioning. Excellent. It's excellent. Grilling season, ladies and gentlemen. Springtime is here. Summer is around the corner, and right now is the time to make sure you stock up on our best hamburgers. And if you like us and you love the meatballs, and we do. You are absolutely going to love the hamburgers. Oh, my God, they are so good. Yeah, but you go from meatballs to hamburgers, so you can have either one this time of year. Well, You're right, and it's easy. You walk down the aisle, you look for the smiling chef, 
He's on every single box. We have an affectionate nickname for him. Right, Mike? Pablo Bell. He's our chef, Pablo Bell. He came, came to that conclusion. But loves the meatballs, loves the hamburgers. You know you can get them now at Straw's Supermarkets. You, you can't. The meatballs and the hamburgers now both available. Right. They're, they're now at Shaw's. Your local Shaw's supermarket. And just go online, you, ourbestfoods.com. You print out a money-saving coupon at ourbestfoods.com. You go and you buy and you buy and you buy. Like our friend Joan Bird McNeil, right? Fine lady in Winchester. Terrific lady. She loves them. Donnie yep. B. Donnie Bravo. Buys them by the carriage full. And now even easier to get at Shaw's. Hey, would you think that uh, you mentioned Joan Benoit? She's always, I always felt that she was one of the greatest athletes we ever had a chance to cover here in Boston. But on the other hand, how would you rank? How would you do that? How would you like a team sport versus an individual sport? I mean, who is, would you say Brady is one of the greatest athletes ever to play here in Boston? Or Russell was one of the greatest athletes ever to play here in Boston? Or, uh, you know, when I say athlete, I think of a, a, a playing multiple sports. A team, a, a team yeah. thing, like Ainge, like playing baseball and basketball, and yeah, I mean Brady was drafted by the Expos as a catcher. Um, a lot of these guys played multiple sports. I think uh, did did Russell run track at all at uh, USF? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's it's an interesting question. Flutie's got to be up there. Um, he's a multiple I'm athlete. More about that, Mike, about the greatest moment. If you could crystallize the greatest moment uh, we've had a chance to cover, I'd have to say Flutie's pass was. Because uh, it was, was so unexpected, right? Yeah, I'd have to say that. Um, really? A college- I don't know. I don't know. I'm not convinced. We're not even a college town. It's interesting you say that, though, because this is not a college sports town. Let's face it. I mean, it was when Doug Flutie was playing. And, you know, we've got some of the best hockey players. Like Adam Fox won the Norris Trophy as the best defenseman in the NHL. Played at Harvard. Nobody knew who Adam Fox was, right? Well, I'm just talking about the great, huh? Yeah, okay, all right. right. Yeah, Harvard, right. <laughs> all right. Now you've done it. You just really have crossed the line now. Hey, the Brickleys. The Brickleys. Cross the line. That's great it. athletic family. Right, you got the hockey players. They're all outstanding baseball players. Johnny Brickley's a pro scout. Was with the Royals. Yeah. Can can, can I can I go back uh, to one thing that you mentioned early, Bob? And, and we kind of got away from like the images of the weekend. Opening day. Mo Vaughn um, selected to come out and throw out the first pitch. I'm listening. Surprise you? Yes. Um. Yeah, it was a feel good day. I don't want to take anything away from it. Um, had his was it son because it was Jackie Robinson Day, also, and Mo Vaughn's African American. Well, Mo, Mo Vaughn was, was the last Red Sox guy to wear number forty-two. Yeah, yeah, which, which is very, very appropriate. And I, I think that um, they're going to have a special night for Ortiz to honor him for being in the Hall of Fame. I thought that might be, but maybe they thought that they sort of saturated the crowd with. David Ortiz moments and, and nights. Um, I thought that maybe there might be some type of recognition or acknowledgement of Michelle Wu, um, first woman to be mayor of the city of Boston. 
um, maybe come out and throw throw a first pitch. I don't know. Um, and I thought the the Remy tribute was sort of should have been stood alone from the tributes of the other people, Red Sox players who had who had passed on over the last calendar year. Um, but there were some other striking moments when the all the survivors from you know the bomb marathon bombing came out to the to, to the field. You know, that was that was kind of a tearjerker. How about uh, the Ukrainian kid? And the Ukrainian kid, yeah. Spectacular, unbelievable. Now the Red Sox really do a good job at that. I just move on caught me by surprise because we were I, all I totally agree. Because we didn't we say we were trying to guess who we thought would Yeah. And we just couldn't uh we said, okay, we got yes, he's done it a thousand times. What reason is there to have somebody uh somebody to come out? And I was hoping maybe they brought Johnny Busick out. You know, he's Ukrainian. His parents were from uh the Ukraine. He was part of the Uke line. Granted, most people don't remember it was in the fifties. Well, he dropped the puck um the day before, I think. Um at the guard. Did they play Sunday? No, they played well, Saturday, right? That's when they oh, honored Monday. the 72 team, right? Last yeah. week. Yeah, only a handful of guys could make it, too. I was, yeah, uh, I was disappointed not to see Bobby Orr, Phil Esposito, Derek Sanderson, Jerry Cheevers. Yep. I, I, Florida. Yeah. They, <laughs> they don't feel like getting on a plane and wearing masks. Right. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that anymore. Couldn't, right. I couldn't get a, couldn't get a death blue flight that was worked. To... They were full. That left on time. Um, and one thing right. to add, which was kind of, it was subdued, but condolences to Rich Hill. Milton, he yeah. lost his dad, Lloyd. And, it, you know, he started the, the game, Patriots Day. And unbeknownst to me and a lot of people, his dad had run the Boston Marathon 37 times. Yeah. Talk about an athlete. 37 times. Well, yeah. you think that takes an athlete? I'm you know, I agree with you, Hank. That, like Benoit, I always thought she was one of the greatest athletes we've ever covered. Same with Dick Hoyt. I mean, who could be a better athlete than Dick Hoyt? Right. But, oh God. I mean, but on so where do you Where's the definition, I guess, of uh, yeah. of greatest athlete? I guess greatness is defined different ways. Look at David McGilvery, race director of the Boston Marathon, one of the most respected people in the running world. He 50. 50. 50. After 50. everything he did as the race director, he went back out to Hopkinton yesterday, and he ran his 50th Boston Marathon. Yep. And I asked – I had him on my show on North Shore 104.9 yesterday – and I met Dave when I was a kid. He's 10 or 11 years older than I am, but he lived right next door to my elementary school, the Davenport School. I got out of sixth grade in 1978, and that's the year he ran from Medford, Oregon to Medford, Mass., finishing up at Fenway Park. Right? I was he was there. He was a celebrity. Were you really? Yeah. I mean, what a great, great moment. But he said, hey, what's – of all the running, like what's the greatest thing that you've taken from it? And he said, oh, the charity I've been able to do. Right. The people he's been able to help over those 50 years, he's been so dedicated to a number of different charities, but specifically to the Jimmy Fund and Dana Farber. I mean, can you imagine that's a great human being? But to be able to do that. The other thing I need to point out about Dave is don't forget, three years ago, he ran the World Marathon Challenge. 
seven marathons in seven days on seven different continents. Came home and three months later had quadruple bypass. Yeah. Rehabbed and didn't miss the following year's marathon. That's superhuman. The pride of Medford and the pride of Merrimack College. Yep. As well. Did you guys happen to see the ESPN 60 on 60 on Joe Paterno? No. Uh, I saw the promo for it. Ten years ago, yeah. this whole Jerry Sandusky thing happened. Yeah. Well, do you remember what that was like? Do you, do you remember how crazy things were? revolving around that yeah it was it was very very uncomfortable to cover that um, oh my god it was just very very uncomfortable um you know it's just we're just so far away we we really don't have any connection to penn state other than <clears throat> when bc used to play them on a regular basis but it was just revolting and repulsive and um I mean, it took down so many people. Not only did it take down Paterno, people still don't know, have a clue where the statue is. The university took the statue and has never revealed where it is. Yep. And uh, it took down the president of the university. It took down the head of the board of the trustees. It took down a, a very high-ranking state official. It took down a lot of people, that, that scandal. And it was intense. Do you remember who, Do you remember repla the Do you remember who replaced Patino? I mean, um, uh, Paterno, Joe O'Brien, Bill O'Brien. Yeah. The right guy. The Penn, do you remember the Penn State delis? There were a number of Penn State delis in Boston years ago. No. Uh, well, there was one right by uh, Government Center. There were three or four of them. So my very close friend, Joan Gatto, she owns the Magnificent Muffin and Bagel Shop in West Medford. She and her then husband own the Penn State delis. They're both from State College, Pennsylvania. And Joan... Her maiden name is Petrino. And her backyard butted up against the backyard of Joe Paterno's. So her younger siblings, Jones the oldest, grew up with Joe Paterno's kids. And to this day, Jones in her early 70s, she's still a season ticket holder. And they still have the family home in State College, Happy Valley. And she can talk college football like a bookie. But what I do remember is how devastated she and her family and their supporters were feeling like, I mean, here's a woman, she was in her 60s at the time, early 60s, but they still had season tickets back in Happy Valley and, and how it crushed the community there. Joe, uh, Jerry Sandusky will be eligible for parole when he's 98 years old. Wow. Just, I just want to say that it was it was an amazing piece of work if you have a chance to see it. They really do some great television. They do. It's, when uh, it comes to those things. It's it's spectacular television. Spectacular. Hey, Speaking by the way, about the, the Celtics, are the Celtics going to win the series? And how many I games? I don't know. You know, one of the great lines was that Mike Green kept uttering, he says, Two teams that think they have a chance to win the NBA title, one of them will not make it out of the first round. It's really kind of too bad, you know. Usually, you get some some chump team down that just slides in at seven and eight, and they're just in there, and they, you know, get taken out in five or six games max. Well, I think don't you think that the 
popular analysis involves Kevin Durant and his lack of production in game number one. And the popular analysis would say he can't have another game as bad as game one and they just lost by a point. That would be the popular. Don't I mean, I've heard yeah. this a hundred times if I've heard it once. Yeah. It's the popular analysis that the Nets have to be better than they were because Kevin Durant's got to be better than he was. But I don't see, as you guys pointed out, I don't see anybody being any better than Kyrie Irving was. Forget all the hysteronics that revolved around his clutching and grabbing of himself and finger acts. I, he, was, he was pretty remarkable in that fourth quarter. Beyond belief. I mean, you did everything. I mean, you you did everything defensively you could do legally, and it's still he was hitting these shots. It was just be beyond beyond comprehension. I know you grab the ball, you take this three pointer from forty feet away, and you, oh my god, How, you know. Wouldn't you love to study his brain? The ability to, it's like if you give somebody the finger in traffic, you're kind of rattled sometimes, depending upon what the situation is, right? So you're annoyed for a little bit. His brain, he can segment those little things and perform at the very highest level of professional basketball. And how big is Kyrie? 6'1 or 6'2? Yeah, tops. He's an average sized man in a land of giants, and he's dominating. It is impressive. All right, let me let me throw this one at you. And this could be a subject for a whole show. So if you don't want to do it now, don't. But the three finalists for the Patriots Hall of Fame were announced on this day, April 19, 2022. And they are Mike Vrabel, Logan Mankins, Vince Wilfork. Only one can be elected to the Patriots Hall of Fame. All right, is this a is this a test or is this reality? This is reality. This happened uh today. Um, the, the nominees were those three plus, tell me Parcells. (laughs) He was Julius Adams, Chuck Fairbanks, lawyer Malloy, Bill Parcells, John Smith, Wes Welker, Vrabel, Mankins, Wilfork, Vrabel, Mankins, and Wilfork got the three most, that's how it works. The people, the top three vote getters go to a final ballot, and then it's voted on by the fans. Now, I'm on this Hall of Fame committee. I was, because of a conflict, I was unable to attend um, this meeting, which is in the first week of April. But those who did not make it onto the final ballot, Parcells has been on the final ballot one, two, three, four, five times. And you know has, he didn't make it to the final ballot. I just want to hear his speech. I don't care if he gets in or not. I just want to hear his speech. <laughs> you know, they don't want me. They they don't have to have me. It's all this, you know what? If I'm not invited to that dance, I don't want to go. Uh, you know, I can just hear his speech now. Robert Kraft should just put him in the Hall of Fame. Can he do that? I imagine he can. He can violate the bylaws of whatever the he, Hall of Fame is. They make the bylaws. And they make their own bylaws. That's a ridiculous con. con- all right, Vrabel. I'm picking Vrabel. Well, I put it out today on Twitter, and I would say it's running about 90% Will Fork. 90%. Wow. And put it out on Facebook, too. I, then, I was going to say Logan Mankins, right? He's got three Super Bowl rings, too, right? You know, uh, Vrabel caught 
<laughs> this is the amazing thing. Ten, right? Ten touchdown passes. Well, he caught ten passes in his uh, in his entire career. Everyone was a touchdown. Every single one of them. Oh, it got man. to the point where Parcells. Jesus, how can you not put Fairbanks and Parcells and those guys in there? How can you not do that? I mean, this isn't this. <laughs> You know what? Injustice. It's an injustice. Well, there is a senior committee, and I think I'm a member of the senior committee. And three times um, the senior committee has put people into the Hall of Fame that otherwise might not be voted in. Like John Morris went in in 2011. He was a great center out of Holy Cross, played mostly in the 60s, early 70s. Houston Antwine went in in 2015. And then uh, Leon Gray went in. Uh, you know, this generation and the generation even behind them probably doesn't even know who Leon Gray was with John Hanna. But uh, the, to this day, that year with the Patriots at 78, I think, I don't think any NFL team has rushed for more yardage um, in a season than that team when they had Hanna and Gray playing side by side. So uh, next year, I believe, is an opportunity to put one of those veterans in. And a guy like, Fairbanks would fall into that category or a guy like Julius Adams, who was on the all seventies team, the all eighties team and the 50th anniversary team. Um, but only one goes in a year and that that's the hard part. And on that veterans committee once every four years. What if Parcel, what if Parcel, you, you, if he were ever inducted, would he, I got a feeling he wouldn't show. He wouldn't, <laughs> you know, Might wear a jets jacket. <laughs> You know, when when he left to go to the Jets, they couldn't officially name him coach because it would have violated his contract with the Patriots. And I got an old shoebox here somewhere, but uh, I wrote him a note and he he sent it back. He says, this is my official, quote, consulting stationery <laughs> for my new <laughs> my new consulting position. I wasn't really trained for this. I hope I change. My title changes very soon. <laughs> okay, so here's it. Belichick gets in, right? Yeah, he's never retired five years. Belichick ends, Brady gets in, right? Yeah, well, Brady's, you know, now the clock is reset on Brady. So we're looking at 20. If he replays this year, we're looking at 2027. Only one's getting in. Now, what, crap, well, let, me, let me ask you this. So Belichick and Brady both retire the same year. Let's say it's next year, okay? They're eligible in 2027. Only one gets voted in by the fans. Only one can go in. Who do the fans vote in? Brady. Hank? You know, it's funny. I was going to say Brady, but thinking about it, Bill Belichick, happy birthday, just turned 70 years old. Yeah. I wonder if at the time, depending upon his age, if they say, well, Tom Brady's a lot younger. He's got a lot more time. Let's get Bill Belichick in there because let's face it, they both belong. What if, what if they say um, Tom Brady left us? Bill Belichick never left us. We're voting for Belichick, and it's a slam dunk. Mike, why don't they change the bullshit rules? Those are the bylaws, Bob. Uh, by, created by who? For what? That's they they created by what? This the Continental Congress begun in <laughs> beginning in two thousand seven. The Patriots started a new tradition introducing at least one player into the team's Hall of Fame. The process involves a panel of media, alumni, and staff 
who collectively nominate the players or head coaches most deserving. After the nominations are made, the committee votes and the top three become that year's finalists. The Patriots give the opportunity to the fans to vote online to select the year's inductee. They're the only team in the NFL that allows the fans to make selection. It was held on April 6th. And there you go. Now, let me, can I just want to ask this question? Parce, where do Parcells and Kraft stand relationship wise? I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me, but, you know, maybe are they okay? I mean, if they ran into each other in a restaurant in New York City, would they go up and go give each other a hug? I think they might. Um, I yeah. think they might, but you know, I I, I still think right. it's it's a sore subject with with him. I think with Jonathan, um, I I've been present for some of the discussion. And um, do you want me to tell you who's on the committee, or do you care? Please, I do. Okay, the senior committee: Ernie Adams, Bill's right hand man who just retired; Ron Borges, Bill Burt of the Eagle Tribune; Mark Farinella of the Sun Chronicle. Glenn Farley of the Enterprise, Ron Hobson of the Ledger, Mike Lynch of CVB. Patriots beat writers, Tom Curran, Karen Garigian, Jim McBride, Mike Reese. Patriots football network, Paul Perillo, Fred Kirsch, Matt Smith, Bob Sochi. At large members, Mark Capello, producer for 98.5 The Sports Hub. John Hendry, who's the official statistician. Brian Morey, the hall at Patriots Place. And... Joe Amorosino, Steve Burton, Butch Stearns. Hey, Bob, how come you're not on that list? I don't know, Hank. Why don't you ask them? I might have to call Les Moonves. Why are you doing this to me, Hank? I, I, that wasn't a callback <laughs> to last week because, to be honest... Why are you doing this to me, Hank? To be entirely honest, you should be on that list. That's all I'm saying. I wasn't bringing up last week when I did give you a little tweak, but I did it in a nice way because I think so much of you. All right. So, so there we have it. Um, and this is going to, the Parcells thing is going to come up, you know, Shaughnessy's going to write about it. And I did get a lot, you know, a few jabs here and there from uh, people on, on Facebook and, and Twitter. Um, but uh, so there you have it. What a weekend. Yeah, it was pretty good. Again, I think um, the key to solving the animus between personalities a lot of the time could be solved with a Cold Springs RV. Like we talk about uh, the Lobby oh, yeah. Cruiser, right, and going out to the Hall of Fame. When you surround people with comfort and intimacy and they can talk openly, a lot of good things can come of it. And if you're thinking about a new RV, whether it be – a motorhome, a travel trailer, a fifth-wheel travel trailer, a pop-up uh, camper like I like to go uh, camping in. Camping is soaring in popularity. You only think of one place, Cold Springs RV up in Ware, New Hampshire. Where, Bob? Where? That's Where? right, W-E-A-R-E, Ware, New Hampshire. It's not far. So How far is where New Hampshire from uh, Goffstown, where you used to live, Bob? Uh, it's not far. It's not far. Uh, ColdSpringsRV.com is where you want to find online, and uh, you'll be happy you did. They've got everything. They got travel trailers, fifth wheelers, motorhomes, pop ups, best selection, 
even got an indeed, you know, you still need a little, little, got to stay warm when you're up there because we never know what's happening here in New England. They have a heated showroom for some of browsing, but that they've got an unbelievable selection and, you know, just get on up there because we're going to have them make a Lobie cruiser for us. So when cold Springs RVs in cold Springs in, in where New Hampshire makes our, our Lobie cruiser for us. And we're going to drive down from where New Hampshire to Foxborough. Who do you want behind the wheel? Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with Bill Belichick. Seems a little less volatile. That's important when you're going 70. Probably about an hour and a half ride, maybe, maybe an hour and 40 minutes. Who do you want, Loby? Sounds good. Sounds fun. Sounds good to me. Have, have, I think I, I wouldn't mind having Parcells. Yeah, I probably either one. Wouldn't be bad. ColdSpringsRV.com. Bob, all right. you all right? Yep. Everything's good. You're mad at me. That's okay. I didn't do it to tweak you, to be honest. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. All right. You could put a lot of those our best burgers in the side-by-side refrigerator. You keep some frozen for the trip. You have some out. You get the grill. You get the inside. They have indoor and outdoor kitchens. There are kitchens that fold off the side of these RVs, just like there are. They have kitchens inside as well. Really spectacular. So I think the Celtics are winning six. You do? Is it the, so. is, is it the, uh, the old... Five guys are better than two. I think you need three superstars to, uh, if you play an individual game like the Nets do, I think you need three guys. And they they gave Harden away. For yeah, a guy, even if he does play, is going to wet his pants in the playoffs. And Ben Simmons, he's horrible. I'm Boy, just how about at, Al Horford the other night? Gigantic effort. Tremendous, spectacular. Yeah, I think Celtics win in six, but I think it's their defense that. Uh... I just hope it goes for a while because there's nothing like every other night. You got a Bruins game, you got a Celtics game, and then you you know sprinkle in the Red Sox got a big trip up to Toronto, and this is going to be something else. So obviously, Hauk uh, can't go out there because uh, he's not vaccinated, and you have to have to have proof of your second vaccination 14 yeah, days before that? you cross the border. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, no, 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 Chris Sale, no Taylor Help, no a um, couple other guys have gotten COVID. Here we go again. Same old, we're back to where we were. Yep. Uh, oh, I just had a nice email come by. It said burial insurance. <laughs> burial insurance. Who's hell is sending me burial insurance? I don't know, but do they have a two for the price of one? <laughs> Maybe we, can go, be, maybe we can get a three for. What do you think? Listen, are you going to be cremated? Or, you think you'd be cremated or put in a coffin? I don't, I don't really don't want to think about it, but you know, I mean, you know, here it comes. This spring, please consider your environmental your environment responsibly. What the hell is this? Plan what ahead, protect your low. What are they urging you to do? End of life coverage for as little as fifteen dollars a month. What are they urging you to do? Uh, what did the thing say? It says, 
please consider environmental responsibly. But then I tapped it open and I can't find the thing. So they use cow manure as fertilizer for the food that we eat. Yet human beings, they basically look at us as uh, a toxic ingredient going into the ground. That's all. Now, if you go out into the kitchen and Mary Ellen has your life insurance policy taped to the fridge, yeah, you might need to worry. She was the only one that said, oh, crap, when I came out of anesthesia after the. Uh... <laughs> Funny. You know what is odd? You, you speak about the nurses. It was uh, Bob. What was the nurse's name again? I forget now. Colby. Oh, Colby. It's it is odd to have um, a medical professional, in our case, a woman. I had gallbladder surgery at Winchester hospital one time. And I met a woman who said, Oh my God, I was there for your surgery. When Dr. Bill Breckwald um, did your gallbladder surgery. I'm like, Oh my God, thank you for the great service. I love Winchester hospital. My kids were born there. And then I said, wait a second. Did you see me naked? She goes, yes, I did. Got a little uncomfortable. She goes, but I can't remember what you look like. I see everybody. I see so many people. That's just me. Maybe it wouldn't make you guys uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable. No, I think you, you you give up all that stuff when you go in there. Yeah. But anyway, all right, Bob, you got Celtics and six. Uh, I can't wait for this to to crank up and be like the good old days. We have people we back. We doing Kyrie. another show in a couple of days because of you think if, happens in game number two. You think if Kyrie acts up, we got to come back. I think so. Yeah. Um. All right, I get Will Fork. Did you guys who went who went Vrabel? By the way, I did. Okay, and then Hank, what'd you go with? You know, I was going with Logan Mankins, but I mean, I love, uh, you know, I love all three of those guys. Right. But Will Will Fork, uh, you know, they didn't love Will Fork at the end, and they let him go, and he still comes back, and he loves the Patriots, the best days of best years of his life. He was such a huge part of all those teams, so. Either way, you can't lose, but it's hard to not see all three of them really being there. And before we go, just to throw some of these names out for veterans committees down the road, does a guy like Russ Francis ever deserve consideration? Jesus, is he not in? No. The all-world Russ bogus, Francis. You know what? That tells me that it is a bogus operation. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. You're on the committee, but that just tells me. They're not offending me. I, I, I agree. I don't know how you're going to. And, and all these guys. Like, you know, if you can't do that, you know, come on. I mean, this guy's coming up. Could be, Brady's going to be coming up. Um, Edelman's going to be Edelman's going to be coming up. Right. Look at Lawyer Malloy. He's he's right. he was he was nominated. But he didn't make the top three. How about it, like, and you know, there's always a place for a guy like Matthew Slater on the on the Pro Bowl on the All Pro teams. What, what is there? Will there ever be a place for a Mosi Tatupu in a Patriots Hall of Fame? It's a good point too. You know, maybe they should do it more by position. You know, offensive line, offensive skill position, uh, so they can and be more inclusive. Instead of telling you who can't get in, you know, probably tell you who should be in. Uh, Vinatieri, Vinatieri's coming up. Maybe if they get it more right, you think Goskowski or Vinatieri, those guys shouldn't be in? Yeah. Maybe you should just do it more by position, so <laughs> you can 
get the people in that is Gronkowski going to get in? I don't know. I'm just saying. It was, you know, he's got him. If you did, if you compared apples and oranges, how can you compare a defensive linebacker with an offensive lineman uh, uh, in terms of getting in? Playing the position and playing football and making a contribution to the franchise. I, you know, I bogus. I just think it needs to be restructured. That's so, so you guys, want me to, do you want me to forward you the barrel insurance uh, email or just trash it? Uh, you should pass it on to another day. <laughs> You know, if they'd like to sponsor the show, they could always go to unanchoredboston.com. That's our website. Yeah. And they could follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you use one of those smart devices, like Hey Siri, Hey Google, all you have to do, Hey Alexa, play Unanchored Boston Podcast. And they'll do it. By the way, well, if, you'd like to, if you'd like the show to come out and do the show, from your location, your business, or what have you, just contact us. We would love to come and do it at your place of business, or you know, maybe you've got a, a fraternal organization and you'd like to ask some questions, see a live show. We could do that. Or if you want Mike Lynch or Bob Lobel to come to one of your functions, we can arrange that too. Unanchoredboston.com is the website if you want to take a peek. And thank you very much to our best foods and our best burgers. Is there a place to check that sheet, Mike, for face up or face down? <laughs> the burial insurance? I don't know. I'll, I'll forward it to you. <laughs> Maybe we can do the show from a cemetery. I don't even want to think about that. But oh God, so, are, are you? Are you? Have you patched things up with Siri, by the way, Bob? Have we have a few shows ago. You guys were not. No, getting we, were, we were. We were struggling, but yeah. So you counseling? It helped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is Siri more of a warm weather um, fan? Yeah. Or... She's moody. 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 She, you know, she can she's be moody. Moody. She can yeah. just blurt out things in the middle of the night. I don't even ask her questions sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why boys. Don't ask, why don't you ask Siri? Can you just ask Siri quick, quickly if Parcells will ever get in? I know the answer to that. She'll. I know what she'll say. She'll say, "We'll start, on, start another another negative conversation." She'll say it's a stupid question, and I said it's not you to judge. And then we're on and on. Then we're going around and around again. It's just trying to figure out how to keep the conversation in a positive vein, so we don't continually argue about it. <laughs> She's tough. <Yeah. laughs> I'm glad to see you back together. Thank you. Nice couple. I just want to know if she and Alexa are friends. I, you know, I don't know what they do is on their own time. I don't want to know. Yeah. Like Benjamin <laughs> Moore, show, right? I mean, Benjamin Moore, is he friendly with like the Dutch boy and Sherwin Williams? Do they get together? And I don't know. Just a question. What they do on their own time. All right, folks. Thank you okay. for listening. And thank you for watching. Unanchored Boston, the podcast. You got it. Unanchored Boston is a presentation of Unanchored Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. 
For show information, visit unanchoredboston.com. Thank you.